Welcome to Why Though. We're your hosts, Tiffany Bloom and Ashley Abercrombie. We land somewhere in between Mother Teresa and Biggie Smalls, and we're just wondering, why though? We all have questions, from our existential crisis curiosities to our, hey girl, why your eyebrows look so good though? And we want to tackle all of those questions with you. Well, hello, Why Though listeners. As always, it is such a joy to have you with us. And many of you know this if you've been with us. And if you're tuning it up in today just for the first time, it's because I'm on maternity leave that you're not going to be hearing my voice over the next five to six weeks. And I am going to have my third baby. And y'all, I ain't never had three kids under six, okay? I've never had this. So I'm going to take a little rest from Why Though. But Tiffany and I have some incredible guests in store for you over the next six weeks. We have guest podcast hosts who are going to be coming in. You're going to love them. Some of them are dear friends of ours. Some of them are people that we are just getting to know. And we are so, so excited to bless you over the next six weeks while I'm on maternity leave. Yes. And our first guest is Scott Erickson. He is an artist, a visual storyteller, a spiritual director, and an author. He is a Pacific Northwest native, but recently made his way down to Austin, Texas. So enjoy my conversation with our first guest co-host, Scott Erickson. It is the one, it is the only, it is Scott Erickson. Say hello to the listener, Scott. Here Here I am, guest hosting. Is this, is this, is this like when Kelly Ripa was like testing out hosts, guest hosts? Am I like, uh, am I, am I like the Ryan Seacrest or the uh, Neil Patrick Harris to your Kelly Ripa show? Is that what's happening? You are. Okay. absolutely (laughs) are, Scott. Okay, good. Okay, though I'm I'm so excited. I've always wanted to live in that dream scenario of te- <sighs> testing out being a host. I actually no. like. Would have... you ever want to do broadcasting? I think in another life, I'd either be a human rights lawyer or Kelly Ripa. <laughs> I'm serious, or both. You know. Oh no! I have a friend, and we're like, we should just be professional hosts. We should just host <gasps> events and do things like that. I did a couple because I used to do live painting a lot, and um, I actually did a, a couple fundraisers with s- former Seattle celebrity John Curley. Do you remember John? Curly, he hosted Evening Magazine for a oh long my time. Gosh, yes. Yeah, and and uh, we it was awesome because the second time he's like, "Oh, I know you." We talked a long time and stuff. But I just watched him work the crowd, and I was like, "I, <gasps> this is a job. I should do this job. Just be a host." That's what, anyways. So yeah. Oh, speaking of hosts, did you see Alex Trebek died? I did. I did. Oh my gosh, eighty. The the grand mustache is gone. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't even deal. You guys, that's like. I mean, I never got one right on the on the Jeopardy, but I did my best. <laughs> they even, I think they had I a Spice like I... Girls section once, like a Spice Girls topic, and I said, "This is my freaking moment." Nope. No, it's always. Right. College Jeopardy. I did pretty good on College Jeopardy. I'd be like, I can get a good amount of this. You know, also, too, I don't, you've probably had many jobs throughout your life, and so have I. Uh, think about just like, like, I don't, I think people our age, uh, which I, I, we actually, I don't actually know your age, but like, and when, I would never tell. Okay, great. It's my secret. But what's I'm Indian. I'm like, going to look like this in like 50 years. Yeah, I don't <laughs> doubt it. But I think we're like middle of our lives. Uh, let's Speak just. Speak for yourself, Boo okay, I'm going to start drinking my, drinking my greens. No, I'm definitely a, more than over half. 
Okay. Good. With the way okay. I eat, definitely more than over half. Uh, me too. But thinking about like doing a career for that long, wow. and your wow. career was you were a game show host. I mean, at, like, uh, what was Alex Trebek on his deathbed? Was he with? He was like, that was the jam, or did he just like we were like, you know what? I always wanted to do. I always thought I could have been a dancer, or I could have been. <laughs> I wish I would have signed up for that firefighting class. You know, sandwich like sandwich artist at Subway. I mean, the yeah. list is long. The list is. Long. Here's the thing. Let's pretend that we know Alex Trebek because don't you kind of feel like you do know him? A little and bit. And what if he gave like his fortune away? What if there's an Alex Trebek foundation.com and he gives it away to underprivileged kids to go to college, Scott? What if that's the reality? I It probably is. But do you, are you suggesting that he has a certain kind of like field of academia that he'd like to point <laughs> students towards because that was actually his dream that he never had a chance because of his massive success in game showery he <gasps> couldn't like pursue that dream is that what you're suggesting because i would like to expound on what that could possibly be okay well you know on crazy rich asians where that girl is like an ethics teacher like a math ethics mm-hmm. game science teacher maybe it's that maybe he's in the stem field maybe that's where he's i'm not trying to dishonor alex trebek y'all i hope y'all aren't hearing that i'm really just I'm just no. want to celebrate who he is. Okay, no, we're hold paying, on. we're paying, we're paying homage to him. Hold on, you briefly mentioned other jobs that we wish we'd had, and now I need to know. And you also said you did live art, and was it ever to like Carmen music and or Point of Grace? Because I just had that visual going in my head that you were like painting while Carmen was singing. S- similar genres, but never with Carmen or Point of Grace, unfortunately. Got it. Okay. Um, because there would have been stories to tell. I have a couple, car- not my own Carmen stories, but I have some pretty incriminating Carmen stories. But Ooh. maybe we shouldn't get into those. Uh, but other jobs, we talked about other jobs. I was thinking other jobs that Alex Trebek might have wanted to do in his life. And I'm asking uh, you what other jobs you would have done. Okay, here's other jobs that I wish I would have had. Uh, I always wanted to know how like it was visiting SeaWorld was like how do you become a person who wears a wetsuit all day and like swims with killer whales and dolphins now after seeing the movie blackfish i don't want to do that anymore but there was a while that i was like do you go to is there like a special college that has that degree i like is it marine biology with like a a you know a minor in aerobatic water arts like what is how what is the yeah yeah zoology and then like underwater theater i like how do you you know combine those two things so that was always one um i definitely had a stint in my life where i was like indiana jones was always my hero so there was a real and i like history there's a real interest in like archaeology um i was i have i mean i have i was trained as a high school teacher so i taught high school and i've taught college so i've been a teacher um and now I'm an artist, which is, you know, there's all kinds of definitions for that. What, like, what, I guess those, and then, yeah, probably like some kind of host. I actually met, I have my friend Nate Staniforth is a really amazing magician. And uh, we were actually here in Austin where I live now, but I was a visitor at the time. And I met a guy who works, he does m- magic sometimes, but he works for a company that is like a traveling game show. I was what? like, what do you mean? And he goes like, well, well, corporations will like hire us and like a corporate event will set up like a game show. And then I'm the host for this game show. And I was like, you just, <gasps> you just defined a job that I didn't know that I always wanted to do, <laughs> which was oh like gosh, a game show, know. not on TV. Because I think when you see a game show host on TV, you're kind of like, where there are no other options for you, you know, but 
when if it how was much just more like Howie Mandel, can we take? I know, <laughs> I, know right? I know. Like, but when you see a somebody hosting in like a room, you're like, that person is amazing and Ooh. in control of all of this. They are like the lion tamer, the ringmaster <gasps> of human hearts, and that's Love it. I was like, Love it. so maybe I should pursue that. I don't know. What about you? What other jobs would you wish you would have had? Ooh, I would love to be Ruth Reichel. You know, she was the um, editor in chief of the New York Times Dining, and she would oh. put on different secret costumes. So when she would go into restaurants in New York, she didn't want to be recognized. So she had all these personas. I cannot think of anything more exciting to do with my days than that. Wow. Um, give me all the wigs. Give me all the color contacts. Give me all the like crepey face makeup to look like an old lady so I can go eat you know, $1,000 meals on the New York Times dime. Yes, please. Thank you. You're, you're describing another thing I didn't know I wanted to do, but now I want to do. Can oh, I be yes. your, like, uh, wingman on that? Can oh, I yeah. Just, we got this. I, okay, okay. I'll, I'll, we could Benjamin I'll Button this. We could dress you up as, like, a t- <laughs> <laughs> and then we can make you an old man the next day. We got this. We got this. What I fine. think is what I think is really fun about thinking about doing with a partner or, like, another person is then you guys, you get to come up with, like, a whole scenario. Oh, a whole so shit like, in front of the waiters, like, yeah. Yeah, like, there could be a whole thing. Like, one time, like, uh, I could dress... Like like an elderly man, you could well this get that got creepy really quick. I don't know. Like either we could be like an elderly couple that bickers the whole time, or it could be like uh it's like, oh yeah, we knew each other in college and we yeah. could wear like our old college, college shirts and just yeah. anytime the waiter came by, we're just always talking about our alma mater and all the memories we had. That's all um, we would do. We that would be really plan. I think there could be a whole plan. I think I think that's really fun. Okay, okay, Scott, real talk. I know you like nice food just by at least a contact high from your wife, which we'll mm-hmm. tell everyone who you're your wife is in a minute but um i am the girl who has like <laughs> a spreadsheet of every major city in america and every major city in western europe of like restaurants you should be go to, going to i update it you know quarterly um i'm that girl i'm that girl <laughs> i uh i'm i'm not a girl but i'm with you on that like it in every place i go you know obviously we're not traveling because of covid yeah. but anytime i'm planning i'm immediately asking all my friends i'm like where to go where to go yes where to go. Oh my like gosh. one of my favorite things yes. about traveling though there's a loneliness with like just kind of doing it it's nice when you because you have i have a family and stuff it's nice to have some solitude but i also like go okay if i'm gonna go here i want to learn i want to mm-hmm. see what's something i could do where's a place i can go maybe i can get some people to come with me yeah mm-hmm. so i i'm I'm so down. I'm. I'm. I'm are you that. are you extroverted? Yeah. Same. When I'm on the road and speaking, I am like everyone's my new audience and my new friend on the plane. I'm like, tell me about your deepest traumas. What do you? What would you like to talk about? I just. <laughs> I'm like, this is fresh meat. Everywhere you go, there's someone to talk to. Yeah. But again, I have I have young ones, so I totally get time to yourself. And solitude is also a gift. But no, I'm eating wherever I go is definitely. I think when you there the aloneness happens like in the plane in the rental car. It's Mm -hmm. like I'm not I don't need alone time in my hotel room. You know what I'm saying? Like when I'm done with an event, I'm always like, "Hey, anybody want who wants to go out? You know, who wants to go out and like get a drink, have a have some food? Let's talk Mm -hmm. for a bit. What's a fun place to go to?" Um, And that that is like eat. And I even started doing um, because I'm a also I'm a spiritual director and. I people I don't know people ask me a lot of questions about just kind of their spiritual life and creativity and stuff so I started experimenting with these things where I'd be like oh okay I'm doing a show this night I'm doing a show the next night it's only an hour to drive how about the next morning I'll say what's a good coffee shop I'll meet up hey 10:30 a.m. 11 a.m. 
if you want to come and chat, I'll be there. And, oh, I love that. And, and I've done that a bit, and like, wow. I'll have I'll have like fifteen people show up, and we'll spend oh. like three hours together. And it's great because like all the kind of informal, or I don't know, like the the. There's always the questions that people ask at the beginning, but like two hours into it, it gets really deep all of a sudden because mm. like we've spent time, like people have gone back to the counter and gotten more food and another yeah. drink. And then, and that's the good stuff. I, I, there's this great book called The Art of Gathering by Priya Parker. Everybody should read it. It's a quick read. It's, it, it's wonderful. But she talks about these uh, walks that her and her husband will do in New York City with friends and they have to leave their phone and uh, you meet up. And I think you have to have a certain amount of money in your wallet and they'll walk New York City for like eight, nine hours together. And like they'll stop and get food and stuff. But they're like, we've lost the art of like the long walk. Like That's a like, day trip, my friend. Like walking with people to where you you've exhausted yourself of all the formalities. So by like hour mm. four, you're just like, you know, I actually I really hate my life right now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and that's right. like the that's the that's the thing you wanted to say the whole time, but is really creepy and needy if you started off with that. Right. But it's but when you say that and people are like, I feel the same way. Tell me about your pain, I'll tell you about mine. And that's that great Mary Oliver quote uh, in uh, Wild Geese or a poem. But yeah, so I, mm. I that kind of stuff, I think, I, I miss that kind of stuff with like uh, uh, traveling and stuff. It's like doing that with new groups of people. I mean, I do that with my friends here at home, but yeah. yeah. Anyways, that's we just beautiful. admitted to people who come and see us, they'll be like, <laughs> hey, can you want to go out with me tonight afterwards? <laughs> like, we just we just let everybody know we're down We're just letting everybody know. Party, party, party. Party, party, I party. only have a small example of that in my life, and it, your principle rings true, and it turned into this holy moment. I did a, I, I lived in London for a time, and I did a 20-mile over two days walk, and it was just a very British, like, nobody's even wearing athletic clothing, right? Like, everybody's just wearing <laughs> jeans and... You know, like regular totally. shoes. And they're, they're like, this is just a walk. This isn't like a marathon. We're, we do a 5K and we're like Lululemon head to toe, you know. Yeah. Uh, but but anyway. that's so funny because like it, all of San Diego is Athleta. You know what I'm saying? Oh like there gosh. are entire yeah. cities in the United States that don't know any formal clothing. It's just nothing but like active wear. But yes, okay. Hold on. I have to tell you one thing. My new my new way to like be out in the world since this new world order. And I work from home. So it's not like I've... Yeah. Had to do this in the past. If you throw a jean jacket on top, you are officially appropriate for the outer world. Like, I can go to Whole Foods the other day. I was like, <laughs> I had on some, like, thick wool socks. And I asked my husband, I was like, can I just put some Burks over this? He's like, too far, sis. Too far. You put those shoes on. And I was like, if I just throw on a jean jacket, no one will look at the bottom half of my body and think I'm a homeless person. I'm sure this is okay. Come on. If I'm buying an $8 juice, I hope that they won't. The you jean, think I've got it together, right? The jean jacket covers a multitude of Oh, scenes. my gosh. A multitude, yes. Scott. A yeah, multitude. A multitude. Um, okay, you anyway, were on, this on a 20-mile 20 20 walk. walk. Yep, on with, this 20-mile walk. With no and breathable spandex <laughs> anywhere to be seen. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Only wool might have been some, and denim. <laughs> and probably there some, might have like, been some bacterial infections after mix. that with okay. non-breathable. Yeah, yeah. Business. Yeah, okay, anyway, yeah. so on this walk, though, by mile, like, you know, seven, I'm talking to this sweet older lady who I, you know, only known as an acquaintance. And we're getting to like some hard stuff. And I'm like, there was there would never be an opportunity where this would happen ever. Mm, but yeah. here we are at like 4 p.m. And we started at like seven in the morning and we're going to do the same thing the whole next day. And just sharing my heart, and I'd just gotten out of a breakup, and I'd moved to England to even be with this guy. It was a whole thing. And wow. so just walking with her through, quite literally walking 
with her through it. And it was just so sacred and beautiful. And I'll never forget it. So wow. thank you for bringing that up. That's so beautiful. That's great. Hey, um, fun fact. Uh, I, I lived in England for a while, too. Stop so it. We have what that connection. Is this? I know. Where? When? What years? Uh, uh, 2001 and 2002. I lived... I. I went to this uh, Bible school in Northern England, which was just a platform to get over to Europe and live in Europe. Come on, that's the same thing I did. Oh, okay. what, was, what was the name of the Bible school? Called Torchbearers International, Cape and Ray. Of course it was. Cape you know, and Ray, Cape oh my and, gosh. Yeah, I went to Cape My Ray. first roommate, um, when I moved to Tacoma, she went to Cape and Ray. Oh, there we go. There so you go. I did Cape and Ray, and then I did a school in Austria for spring school. But yeah, I lived in I lived in Northern England for like six months, but uh, which was exactly the same as living in Seattle, like at least weather wise. <laughs> yeah, like totally. I was like, oh, I'm prepared for this. Uh, but yeah, yeah, uh, fascinating. Uh, I, I I don't recommend moving to London and being like dirt poor as I was because it's <laughs> real hard to have fun. Oh man! When you're yeah. like, mm, I'm there's, living off 100 pounds a month, but you yeah, can find ways. Don't get me wrong. There's some free things. Ways. There's a few museums that are free and stuff like that. But most yeah. of them, most yeah. of them are free. Yeah, yeah. So that I spent a lot of time in museums, which was awesome. Yeah. And the, sometimes I'm have free coffee. I'm just saying, you gotta do what you gotta do. You um, find okay, you Scott, find all the ways to get the stuff. Yeah. Yes, all the ways. There's so many good ways, Scott. Tell these mm-hmm. people about your latest book. You've told them you're an artist. You've told them you're a spiritual director. Oh, what a, tell them who what your a, wife is before we tell about your latest what a, project. What a segue there. Um, I know. I, <laughs> uh, my wife, her name is Holly, and she's one of the two creators of The Modern Proper, which is uh, an amazing food blog. Also, I mean, food blog, Holly likes to call it a food recipe development site. That's that less, is a nice title. Less, it's a less of a poetic rolls off the tongue than food yeah. blog, but um, they have been at it for a long time. They, they make beautiful. They do beautiful photography. Make wonderful food. Their goal is to make tasty, tasty food that's pretty simple to make. Like they have rules where they're like, you, we can't have any ingredients that are that you can't find at your local grocery store. So, so there's they, no like sambal or Aleppo yeah, pepper. Yeah, yeah. There's always like a two ingredients that you're like, I have no idea where to get this. Like on uh, uh, some other. Recipes, but they mm-hmm. they make it all really practical, and they're killing it. They they're working they on a, a cookbook right now. Holly told me today that they this is there's all this like insider stuff about food blogs about SEO, you know the whole oh, gosh, the web yeah. game. But she's like, oh, we're rated number one for chicken right now, and I oh, was like, I totally believe that. I can't imagine how what? many modern proper chicken dishes I've made. Well, she's like, I just put together a, a whole thing two weeks ago that was like. 60 chicken recipes and she's wow. like that post is number one on wow if when you research chicken recipes and i was like dang girl i love it can go. i just That's can i just celebrate them for like three seconds i know yeah. that this is about you and we're going to talk about your work but oh, in the celebrate them. in the year of our lord 2020 <laughs> we can't go many places we can't do many things but we can make a meal and i've said this a few times on why though y'all have heard this and y'all know i'm like foodie nation over here but the fact that we still get that. That's something we still have control over. And to make something beautiful and nourish our bodies and nourish our family is like, it's like a taste of heaven, I believe. So I'm just, yeah. I'm all about that. So it's great. Right. One of our so joys good. is all our friends who are just like, we make your dishes all the time. They've helped mm. us become better cooks. And that's really their goal is to like help people become the cooks that they'd like to become, which is great. So she's it's like doing Julia a good job. Child for 2020. There you go. Yeah, yeah. We hope so. We hope so. And all the success that comes with that. Yes. <laughs> a Peabody Award, an honorary degree from Harvard, all of it. A cordon uh, bleu. Whatever. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, just literally just a chicken cordon bleu just sent in the mail. Um, Could you yeah. imagine like on ice? Oh, we get we get a lot of food from things. So one time we were like That's we live in we dog. live in Austin right now. And we live in Austin, Texas. And Austin gets really, really hot in the summer. And a cheese company sent us a box of cheese <laughs> that was not refrigerated. Stop and it. it. It, I had never, like, there was so much cheese sweat in the packaging. Oh it gosh. was like, I opened it up and I was like, none of this is refrigerated. That's and a I think crime, I, Scott. I gagged a little bit. That's a crime. Think how much that cost to send. I know. And we were. And think like, how expensive the cheese probably was. Yeah. I'm, I will mean, not. I will not name names, but no. yeah, it was. It was sad. They sent us a box the next day with it refrigerated. So yeah. Oh, good because they need to dry ice that ish because that's not fair. I you know that cheese. cheese technically is mold already, but like yeah, but still, there's still a degree. Shouldn't be sweating. You shouldn't be sweating. Shouldn't be you, nobody wants sweaty mold. <laughs> 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 Which is also how I describe myself at the gym. But oh, yeah. well played. Thank you. Well Thanks. played. Okay, in this okay. Christmas time, I think one of the things that, and one of the reasons um, Ashley and I wanted to have you on, and um, especially here early November, and although we're about to talk about Advent, it's it's such a timely conversation because first of all, Advent starts in November. Am I correct? It does this year. Yeah, the yeah. first Advent Sunday is November 29th. Yeah, so that's not something. It usually you know more December, but this this mm-hmm. time it starts in November and. I don't know about y'all, but I've never been so hungry for hope or a silver lining or truth, or even if it's messy, even if it's dirty, I so am desperate to hold on to something when I feel like I'm slipping down a mudslide mm-hmm. <laughs> of 2020. And I know that um, so many of us are staring down, especially with the time change, those early nights. And I live in the Seattle area where it's, I have rain for the next 10 days and just so even just environmentally and obviously relationally and financially and all of these things that, you know, there's been a lot of death um, of dreams and expectations not met. And that's perhaps about to reach, meet a fever pitch and having to be with family and so many different ideologies at play, especially with the election just happening. So there's a mm-hmm. lot going on. And so I am so excited for you to share about your latest work, Honest Advent, um, that just mm-hmm. released um, um, almost a month ago, actually, almost a month. Uh-huh. and what it means and why we need it right now. And why do you feel like this is so necessary for this year? Uh, wow. That's a great question. I mean, I, it was the genesis of it happened four years ago at a, at a similar time to like right after a long and exhausting presidential election Mm. that left us very divided and uh, frustrated. Uh, We had Syria was, uh, you were seeing these images of Syria, devastated people displaced, uh, Flint water crisis, multiple mass shootings, Zika. There was was a lot of things. And then it was like a mid-November day. I walked into, I believe, a Target to get something. And, you know, the the Christmas decoration juggernaut had like descended on everything in Western society and which happens every year. We're used to it. But I just, that year I was like, man, this feels so irrelevant to the world I live in. So dissonant. Because it feels so sanitized and safe. It feels like it's not even about human lives. Like not even like the Santa stuff, although the Santa stuff, I'm fine with it, but it, it feels like a bit overdone. Like, even like you go on Netflix and you're like, how many Santa stories are there? And yeah, yeah. what kind of technology do they have up in the North Pole? Like we should get some <laughs> of that to help us with problems down here. 
But uh-huh. also, like, even the imagery out of my own Christian tradition just felt really, like, safe and just, like, I was just like, I don't even know if this is a story about real people, which yeah. <laughs> which we could, you know, we could discuss about, like, all, all of these stories. But I, I would like to think that even in the telling of these stories, it's, it's, it's showing us uh, that there's something deeply human and deeply true about our human experiences in there. And I... I just I genuinely had a longing to find the wonder of the story and really to go does does the incarnation mean anything today like is it just something that happened back then or is it something that's still happening today the way I frame it is like was is it a memorial service or is it a birthday party Mm. a memorial service just means like that happened long ago and we're always remembering but a birthday party implies that it's still going on today and if you go to any church and ask kids in Sunday school, what's Christmas? They go, it's Jesus's birthday, and so it implies like it's still going on. And yeah, and I wanted I to. That. And my question was like, well, where are you, Jesus, in our midst? Like, where are you? Where are you coming out? And uh, I, I, I don't think we were pregnant. I get a little muddled because I have small children. I don't think we were it pregnant. It happens, dog. It happens to all but, of us. Like I say in the book, I'm like, I'm not a woman, but I'm married to one. You know, but <laughs> I I have now witnessed up close three pregnancies and births. And I was like, they're, 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 wonder, they're beautiful and transformational and a, a glory to witness, but they're painful and risky and a lot of fluids, you know, and it's not uh, anything that... Hey, boo, um, you just cut out for about a d- minute. Did I cut um, out? Yeah, that's so I weird. Lost, so, I lost you, you, so I... But you want me to repeat? So you all you need I to repeat off? is at... Um, pick up right after I'm not a woman, but I'm married to one. How about you pick up right there? Okay. Can I just say that line again? Yeah, that's great. Of course. All right. Uh, internet break, take two. <laughs> I'm not a woman, but I'm married to one. And I... What? Uh, I know. Can you imagine? <laughs> but I've witnessed up close... Um, three births and pregnancies and Mm. they're wonderful and transformational and glorious but they're painful and risky and and a lot of fluids and i just you know vivid vivid. i know and and it's truth talk and i just (laughs) i remember thinking like hmm if like all human beings have to they the way they come in the world is through a vulnerable way it's through like human vulnerability and god incarnated through that vulnerability just like we did yeah just like we have to and so the places where we can find jesus now in our lives is through that same avenue which is our own human vulnerability um and so i just started looking like my book honest advent is less about like a christmas book as much as it's about a book about being human and finding god with us in our humanity and using the filter of this nativity story or these you know these few chapters that we could culminate in the Bible together. It's only like three or four chapters entirely that talks about this story. And then expounding on that about like what we could, how we can find God in our midst in our lives right now through our own vulnerabilities. And I think this book is 
shockingly relevant because yeah, yeah. because we're exactly in that same space of human vulnerability. We have a global pandemic that has taken a lot away from us. We uh, we we have we just came through fighting powers, you know, fighting political parties for powers and perspectives mm-hmm. and ways of controlling the world. And we might have those same opinions, but maybe if you've just been watching through your phone or on television or on radio, you're just like, can I do anything? I mean, I voted, but can I really do anything to control any of this or help yeah. with any of this? Like, there's a lot of powerlessness. <clears throat> we don't. I mean, there's some good news about a vaccine that came out. Uh, today, but like we have no idea when any of this is going to end or when mm-hmm. anything kind of gives any kind of looking like what it did before. And maybe in a lot of ways, we don't want to change what it looked like before because so much has been revealed yeah. about injustices and yeah. way things are structured for certain against certain kind of people and certain kind of genders and all of that kind of stuff. And we're like, we don't want to we don't want to go back to that way actually. So we're in we're in this very vulnerable place now, and I think more than ever we can find Christ in our midst because of these vulnerabilities that we're very aware of. Mm, So well said, sir. I love that awakening to the wonder of God with us then, here, and now. And just as you said, these are wild times. They're vulnerable times. I think more than ever, our (laughs) chest is broken open wide to receive if we're desperate and hungry for hope if we're desperate and hungry for understanding who jesus is in this season in this time and um it's Mm -hmm. just outrageously timely i can't imagine when you sent your manuscript in that it would be released at just the right time i just I'm just like, wow, Lord, like, look how you're using that. So y'all, I'm going to link in the show notes to Scott's book. I know, I know so many of us are looking for Advent devotionals, whether it's something we're going to go through on our own or with our families or in um, a book club or just with friends, what have you. I know this is the one for you this season. I know this is for you. This is why we just had to have Scott on early. So you'd have time to get it. Um, as it starts end of November, you're going to have plenty of time to grab it. And it's just, I think, y'all, it's what you need right now. I'm going to be that bold and say, it's what you need right now. And I am so, <laughs> I so, so excited. Oh, yes, boy. I hope you I hope you think that about your book. It's so good. Um, I've Thank only you. read maybe 20 pages. And one of the things I want to read about it, and you totally hit on this wonder. And I'm just, this is just from the intro. It says, wonder is an interesting phenomenon because it's that moment when all of our narratives and stories about life disappear in the rapturous experience of actually being here actually being alive, being present with the glorious now. Like when you can really, when you get really close to some street musicians playing a song or when you pet a horse or when you see a solar eclipse, wonder is most accessible in new situations because we don't have a narrative about what's happening. And I just, just the awe, the sense of awe that happens in wonder is so necessary. And I think it's really one of the greatest gifts we could have. Um, Holiday season 2020, I really do. Yeah. Scott, thank you for being here. Thank you for um, being a voice of the people. And if y'all haven't heard of Scott, now you'll check him out. I'm going to link to all of his socials and everything you need to know about Scott in the show notes, of course, as well as his book. And you make a great co-host, Scott. Thank you. Oh, all my dreams are coming true oh, in this moment. So. Shoot. If only we could really dress up as it. old folk and hit up the New York dining scene, <laughs> we'd be set to jet. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This, I, I'm telling you what. This is going to happen. Like, oh. maybe it won't be in New York City, but you and I are going to find out that we're both speaking at the same thing, and we're going to text each other. I'm like, bring a wig. I'm bringing my <laughs> wig. We're doing it. <laughs> you know what? We did just spoke. We both spoke. Um, we did virtually. We just spoke at something together. What was it? Mops? Yes. 
Yes. Oh, nice. Nice. That's yeah. what it was. <laughs> it was mops. I no. Here's what's gonna happen. We're I'm just I'm just gonna text you when we find out. I'm not even gonna say. I'm just gonna say bring a wig. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> I'm just gonna text you. Oh, oh Scott, man. you're the best there ever was. Thank you, why the listeners for joining us, and we will see you next week. Bye bye. Hey, listeners! Remember to subscribe and comment. It helps others to find the show. To learn more about Tiffany's writing, speaking, or books, visit tiffanybloom.com. To learn more about Ashley's writing, speaking, or books, visit ashabercrombie.org. See you next week.